0: The What to Know podcast explores best practices, innovation, and latest trends with industry experts with an eye toward helping you, the listener,
1: stay ahead of the ever changing marketing and communications landscape.
0: Good afternoon, everyone. This is Aaron Strout, CMO of W2O and host of the What to Know podcast show. And I am joined today with Daniela Karen, who is the founder of Arches Technology. And most important for this show, the 2019 Innovation Prize winner of the Estellis Oncology C3 Prize. Some of you may remember that we've talked to some of our guests from Estellas before about the C3 Prize. So welcome first and foremost, Danielle. It's a pleasure to have you here.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Well, I'm glad we could do this. And you and I did realize that, ironically, while I live in the East Bay, so out in the Bay Area, you live on the East Coast. We're doing this with you on the West Coast and me on the East Coast. So we're reversing our... uh, our trends and then uh, by the time this airs, we'll be back in our respective places or pretty close to it. That's
1: right, the bi-coastal life.
0: The bi-coastal life. Anyway, Daniela is interested in speaking with us today about the C3 prize application. She's a tech entrepreneur and we'll talk a little bit about how other innovators can get involved. But we do want to talk about you to start with. This is how we do the show a lot of times as we dig in. And you're a serial entrepreneur, a mentor, and a speaker. And you've been named to, and I'm going to butcher this, but top 50, I think it's New Jersey Biz, so NJ Biz Women, and earned over 60 industry awards for innovative work in the digital patient engagement space. Uh, so no wonder they decided to pick you as the winner last year. Let's talk a little bit about the journey you know, from an entrepreneurship Perspective and specifically, you know, how it led to creating arches technology. I'm always fascinated to hear people's backstories
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, it's been a long journey almost 25 years is 25 years ago was when I started my first company and I have launched a few different companies in the healthcare space and You know for me, it's all about innovation and sort of iteration and as technology has progressed I've been lucky enough to sort of pivot and figure out what the next most important challenge is. And my real passion is around patient engagement. It always has been. So every business that I've been involved with has had to do in some way with how to educate patients, how to talk to patients one-to-one. And then I also am kind of an analytics geek and I love the numbers. I like to measure and you know figure out How that engagement is really having an impact for both the sponsors and for the patients and caregivers in their lives. So, Arches Technology was born uh, out of my original model in about 2014. And as I progressed with Arches, I really wanted to get closer to the point of care. Um, A lot of my experience has to do with direct to patient, but we had never really gone into hospitals and clinics to get as close as possible to the patient experience. And one of the big aha moments for us in technology was when we figured out how to integrate with EMR platforms. And so when we were launching Arches, as you well know, uh, the industry was very well entrenched in getting the epics of the world up to speed and launching for the first time into the EMR world. And once that dust settled, we were able to figure out a way to uh, integrate our technology with EMR platforms so that we could have real time access to patient data and be able to send people information that was relevant to them literally at that moment in time. And we decided to focus on cancer care because we had had the benefit through many, many years of working with great companies like Astellas on cancer patient education. And I'm very passionate about the impact that we can have and have studied sort of how cancer patients really need education, how they respond and it's a little bit different than other categories. So I love the oncology space and that's sort of how we came to be.
0: Well, that's awesome. Thank you for that backstory. And I guess just for those listening along, I, I think most of them are fairly healthcare centric, but EMR ele- electronic medical records is what you're referring yeah. to. Yes. Yeah. We use this jargon and you know, we all know what it means, but I want to make sure that those, well, I always like to say, you know, if my, if my mother's listening in and she doesn't know what some of these words mean. I like to explain them to her. So that's um, a good <laughs> thank you. And, and, you know, it's, it's a great place to, to play. And obviously uh, after the, Affordable Care Act passed when Obama came into legislation that had a big impact, right, on making a huge shift in that space and and pushing to everything becoming electronic and really opening up these types of services, which, you know, I think some people don't realize just how much great data and information you can get out of them, which can lead to breakthrough technologies and treatments and other services that wrap around. So let's get into the innovation prize. You know, you won in 2019. Let's start by talking about what the prize is and what made you want to apply.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I, you know, winning the prize last year was definitely the highlight of my year and and for my company as well. So the Astellas Oncology C3 prize, it stands, the, the three C's are changing cancer care. And Astellas offers this prize globally to any entrepreneur or group or individual that has a new idea in oncology, and it could be a technology idea, it could be any idea related to the cancer journey, but really it's about any idea that's beyond medicine, and I think it's really cool that Astellis has identified and really paid attention to the fact that in cancer care, it is more than just the medicine, it's, it's the surround sound of, you know, all of the other needs, emotional, financial, psychosocial needs for coping as cancer patients and caregivers go through this journey. So it seemed like it was really well, It, you know, it was in our sweet spot. I mean, as soon as we saw that it was for oncology cancer care, our idea, which, was, which is called My Care Compass, is a digital patient navigator that helps educate people about their cancer treatment. And so it just seemed like a really great fit. And we applied. We, we went online, and we applied, and it was awesome.
0: To be. So a couple things, one, I, so congratulations. I think you broke a trend, because I think, if I remember correctly, a lot of the prizes that had been given out before were actually given out to international participants. So kudos for being one of the domestic <laughs> uh, the domestic winners. And then tell us more. Why do you think it was that they picked your, um, your submission? You know, what was it about it that felt like it was special? I know, obviously, they probably know the details, but I'm sure they shared some of that information with you.
1: Yeah, I think a couple things. I think, first of all, I think that um, we were different. There was a group of three finalists last year, and two of them were nonprofits. We're a for-profit company. We're a technology-based company. And again, you know, most companies don't have to be a technology-based company, but I think having a variety, you know, amidst a couple of other ideas, um, like Nanny Angel Network, which is to help moms who are going through cancer treatment and helping to care for their children and read them stories and so on, was a very different idea. So I think having a variety of ideas was probably something that Estelle has considered. And so I think also just... Being that this is an innovation prize, I like to think that we, we are breaking new ground. Having been around the patient engagement space for so long, as I said, being able to sync up with electronic medical records and actually deliver content in real time is progressive. And we had already been working with a hospital called Kettering in Ohio, and they really were one of the first to take advantage of this and they you know were very progressive and passionate about how to add value to their cancer patients journey so i think number one you know the, the the fact that we were technology we were doing something innovative and also that we had traction already so when we applied for the prize we already had a customer in place we had really great metrics we had data and engagement indicators that said that my care compass was really making an impact at kettering and i think when i talked in the application and in my interviews about that data and about the preliminary results i think that was probably very compelling i didn't ask but this is you know you're asking me what i think and that you know in looking back i think i think those were the key points
0: Well, they all make sense, right? And I I like the idea that you were not that nothing against nonprofits, but you already built the scale. And and I'm sure one of the things that they want to look at is how fast can this actually have an impact to the patients? I guess um, with that, I want to go back to the COVID thing in a second, because I know I had a question on that in there. But as part of the C3 prize, you did receive a $45,000 grant or in grants, uh, as well as resources to help you advance the idea you already are sort of up and running. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, what are you putting that to, and how did that help your company and your business model evolve?
1: Yeah, this was fabulous. Um, It was a really generous grant from Astellas, and what I decided to do with the $45,000 was give two free subscriptions for a year to two cancer centers. And so what happened was, because of all the great PR, And fellows, just, you know, I complimented them then, and I will again, is just, you know, the the great content that was produced was amplified for us. So whether it was on LinkedIn or Twitter or the press releases, you know, it really created some buzz around our company and around our idea. And I was able to get back into two cancer centers that I had been talking to, but I hadn't made traction with so far. very soon after we won the prize i called a couple of them and i said we won this prize i'd like to offer you a free subscription for a year and immediately um, fox chase in pennsylvania and rutgers cancer institute said yes and, and i'm an alumna from rutgers so they also loved that story of you know of an entrepreneur coming back and collaborating and and also they were very appreciative um, because funding is one of the issues in the cancer care world and being able to go back in and say you know we want to help you be innovative we want to help you move the needle with adding value to the patient's journey and we can do that for free with you for a year you know they as i said it just took very little time and so that's how i use the actual funding but Besides that, the C3 prize also helped us solidify a couple of advocacy relationships that I've been working on. So one with the Oncology Nursing Society, ONS, Uh, we signed a contract with them at the beginning of this year and also with cancercare.org because we are leveraging their content. There's so much content out there. The problem is there's no technology. There's no way to disseminate it at the right time to the right person. And that's what my care compass does. So we got two new cancer clinics on board, and we got two advocacy relationships, and um, that was really a great win for us.
0: Well, that's awesome, and I like that you had a very definitive way that you could help out. It wasn't soft, it wasn't squishy, right? And it was good for your business as well. And it's always nice when you can sort of, as my back to my mother, serve you know, feed two birds with one crumb. She doesn't like the killing two <laughs> birds with one stone. I do have to ask about uh, COVID, right? So COVID has obviously thrown a wrench in everyone in the world's business plan. Some it's helped, a lot it's hurt. I have a funny feeling that because of the nature of your business, it's probably had less of an impact, although I would say focusing on the oncology space, we all know that oncology has been impacted because COVID has taken such a front and center spotlight, right? It's delayed a lot of clinical trials for new treatments. It's taken some of the funding away from those types of things. So, talk a little bit about what the impact has been, you know, good, bad, and the ugly for, for you this year. Uh,
1: yeah, no, that's great. I think there's sort of the big picture and the small picture. You know, in the big picture, the feedback that we've gotten is wow, you know, we always realized what the value of my care compass was pre COVID but now it's 10 times more needed and 10 times more value, valuable. And the, the need is obvious. So when I speak to patient engagement directors or heads of you know oncology clinics, because of telehealth, again, the need for anything digital that's automated, that can standardize care and be efficient, but also uphold the quality of, of care during the journey, there's no disputing that it's needed. The problem and the ch- the challenge, I should say, is that as we can all imagine, cancer centers and hospitals in general were thrown into a situation that, you know, they could not have prepared for or anticipated. And the variables changed on a day-to-day basis. So in a phase where it's already very fluid and complex for patients, it got way more complicated. So, you know, at Kettering, which was the, the clinic that we were working with most closely, you know, immediately after COVID, I started writing to them and saying, you know, what kind of messaging could we get out there while we're emailing people? Because we email people and send them text messages every day. What could we be telling them about COVID? Even, you know, what to do, what not to do, or protocol within the hospital. It's, and it was a good idea, but um, they weren't prepared or set up for that messaging. They were very busy triaging on, you know, the clinical side and how to just divide and conquer. So I think the in the big picture, the need is obvious. And I think we've, as an industry and as a world, been catapulted into an accelerated state of, you know, telehealth is here, it's here to stay. But I think we're gonna need some catch up time for the dust to settle and to be able to organize around, okay, let's do scenario planning. What kind of content should go out? And also protocols have changed. So, you know, one of the things that's on my list of to-dos is to actually go through all the videos and emails and text messages that we had pre-COVID and make sure that they clinically are still relevant because best practices may have changed. The way that they did port insertion pre-COVID there might be some differences about how the patient comes in and who comes in with them. And, you know, patients need to come in alone now sometimes and and some cancer patients aren't getting infusion therapy. Their, Their therapy is being changed. And, you know, that's because they need more oral medication or more at home caregiver medication. And so there's a lot of different moving parts. So again, good news is, I think our product is extremely relevant and needed. Bad news is, I think, you know, we need to be patient and sort of wait this out. Luckily, I mean, Fox Chase, we're ready to launch in another few weeks, so it's been moving along, although a little bit slower. Rutgers is a little bit uh, less advanced, but, you know, the signals are still very interested, need to do, it's just gonna take a little more time.
0: Well, thank you for that thoughtful answer. And you know, it is one of those things where I think sometimes people forget to go back and edit. You know, based on things that have changed, and COVID has changed things probably more than anything in the last hundred years. And so that's really smart. And we probably all need to go back and and sort of take a pencil to what we've done and what we put out into the world, especially when it comes to the clinical setting. I do want to go back to the the C three Prize a little bit because we are coming up on the submission deadline for uh, two thousand and twenty. And one of the reasons we wanted to tap you is we want to make sure that we're informing those that are interested in making their submissions, you know, what the process is. So as a winner and someone that went through the process, what's your advice for others that are interested in sharing their ideas?
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, don't hesitate. Go to c3prize.com, check out the website. And as small as the idea that somebody might have, it still is you know, could be compelling and innovative and could be a winner. So, you know, we we didn't think it was a slam dunk for us. We didn't read it and say, oh, yeah, you know, we're definitely going to win. I think everybody has doubts. Is my idea good enough? Is it big enough? Do I have enough experience? I would, my advice would be don't hesitate. The C3 prize is not just for complex solutions. I'm talking about a tech solution. But the ideas can really be support tools. They can be educational efforts. And, you know, past winners have included people who are cancer survivors or caregivers or healthcare providers or advocates and obviously entrepreneurs too. And it could be anything from, you know, something, uh, I think that we've they've had winners that are video games. Again, I mentioned a nonprofit like Nanny Angel Network. So, you know, it really runs the gamut, but I would say, you know, it's all about, Innovation and cancer care, supporting cancer patients through their journey—that's that's that's the main theme.
0: That's great advice, and I I do like that pragmatic recommendation of you know it doesn't have to be fancy, and it does run the gamut. Let's talk a little bit about what's new this year with the C three Prize and how the pandemic has evolved the prize and the focus this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think look, I mean. For one thing, I think it's great that Astellas is kind of um, adapting to the situation and keeping the C3 prize activities going. I think that's that's the real spirit of the prize and the group that is involved with it. And I think because of the burden of COVID-19 and this pandemic, and especially, uh, you know, what we've learned about health disparities and how that might impact cancer patients and caregivers, I think there could be some new... Ideas that have come about that maybe weren't here before COVID, and so again, even if there's a, a seed of an idea, I think Estelle is very interested in hearing those ideas, especially as it relates to how we can ease that burden, how we can make the journey a more positive one, a more comfortable one. So again, I, I you know, my my advice, whether you had the idea before or after. COVID is just, you know, submit it. Go to the website, C3, c3prize.com and, um, you know, fill out the form. It's, it's really pretty easy to do.
0: Awesome. Well, I have one more question regarding that. And then I'd like to actually ask you a couple of more fun questions if you'll uh, right. entertain me on that front. So <laughs> the last one is you've told people where they can go. You've given them good advice and, and what's changed. Who can apply?
1: Anybody can apply. Again, it's if you have a company, or if you're just somebody who has an idea, um, you could be an advocacy organization, you could be a cancer patient or survivor, you could be somebody caring for somebody with cancer. I mean, just as a personal side note, the day of the C3 prize event last year marked one year since I lost my mom to cancer. And, you know, it just made everything more compelling, more meaningful for me as an entrepreneur. And I think we've all had some relationship to someone that has suffered from cancer. And so, you know, if you have a family member and you have an idea, or if you're a larger company and you have an idea that you're an alpha or beta whether you have results or not, I was talking about the preliminary data that we had. I know that there were a lot of companies, including finalists, who were much earlier on. So I would say, you know, anyone can apply.
0: Well, again, that's good advice. Thank you. I'm sorry about your mom. I lost my mother in law to cancer a little over a year ago. So you're right. We are all touched in some way, shape, or form. And it's what makes these things so important, right? The way that we can support them. With that, I will shift to, like I said, two more light, lighter topics. I usually share these in advance. We didn't with you this time, but you seem like you're the type that can kind of roll with the punches. So I'll, I'll throw them out there. And if you don't like them, then we can punt. But the first one I've started to ask everyone that's on the show is if you had one wish, it could be anything that you wanted, what would it be and why? Oh my
1: goodness, one wish. Oh, I mean... My one wish right now would be to get on an airplane and fly as far away uh, from where I currently am. I just, you know, I think that at this time it's been challenging for all of us and I have a very adventurous spirit and I love exploring new places and new experiences. And what I'm craving right now is just a really great, new cultural immersion or something like that. So that's just what came to the top of my head. I know that doesn't sound super altruistic. I think,
0: I think that sounds <laughs> exciting <laughs> to a lot of us and pretty practical. So Iceland or New Zealand probably right now might be uh two choices, right? Since I think they're relatively COVID uh free or light. And then the second one, and this is really like you can put whatever out there. It's <clears throat> it's really just sort of how you think about it and, and why you choose it is I like to ask people, you're stuck on a proverbial deserted island you can take one album with you ideally not a greatest hits although I'm putting you on the spot so I'll let you cheat if you want to which album would you take and why would you pick it
1: oh my goodness well I'm a dancer so and I'm a ballroom dancer so I probably choose this is like this is maybe not a traditional album but I probably choose some music from Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly I love it Um, (laughs) maybe some top hat And yeah, I could listen to that all day and I could practice my ballroom and just kind of transport myself into another world if I'm alone on a a desert island.
0: This is why we asked the question. And that is a perfect answer because, you know, it's not always the whatever the album you listen to a million times during the summer of your freshman year of high school or (laughs) the one that you got, you know, uh, whatever to. So uh, I love that answer. And thank you for playing along. I appreciate that. And with that, we will wrap up the show. This is Aaron Strout, CMO of W2O, host of the What to Know podcast show. And I had the pleasure of spending the last half hour with Daniela Karen, who is the founder of Arches Technology. And as we mentioned during the show, the 2019 Innovation Prize winner of the Estellas Oncology C3 Prize. The registration for 2020 is closing soon. So make sure you go to the site, you sign up. Thank you so much, Daniela. This was a lot of fun.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me to talk about the C3 Prize. It was really an outstanding experience. And again, I encourage anybody listening to visit C3Prize.com and learn more to submit your idea.
0: All right. Thank you, Daniela. Thank you. Want more episodes of What to Know?
1: We post a new episode every Thursday. Subscribe on iTunes, the podcast app, the Stitcher app, or Spotify, and view the podcast page at whowgroup.com slash what